This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. There will be spoilers in this episode specifically from the world Sarah J. Mass has created, as well as topics mentioning sex work, physical violence, and substance abuse. everybody, and welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And this week we are talking about the book that nobody wanted, but that everyone has to read. We are talking about Tower of Dawn. Can we all just agree that just because we don't want to read the appropriate books in the series doesn't mean that we should skip it? Like, I don't give a fuck about Kale, but the plots... And you know that TikTok where there's this girl where she's like, what what scene from a movie or something that makes you just go, women? That's how I feel about this book. The women come out on top the entire time. I'm just like, fuck his shit. I'm so sorry. Grace at Beach Bay Books. She loves Kale. Like, that's her favorite. But <laughs> And that's her, that's her Instagram account. But I don't need Kale. Give me everybody else. I, I love the women. Yeah, Irene... Nezrin, Hassar, Hafisa, everybody, Forte, they're all just fantastic in this book. And I really love that they shine and Kale's kind of like he's there and he's important, but he's not. Like, I get that they say it's his book because he's part of the, you know, part of the OG cast, if you will, from the beginning of the series. But this, to me, this isn't his book. Like, I feel like that's why they say it. So this is the Kale story. This is everybody else's. Like, they're the ones who come out on top. Just like I think of shows like Grey's Anatomy. They've been around for 17 years, but you're not even caring about, like, the main characters anymore. You really like these quote-unquote side characters who just became so strong. Well, and Irene, we, we love Irene. We know her from Assassin's Blade. She's the assassin and the healer. She's the healer. She's really wonderful. And I love her interaction with Kale, but I really like her just being a like a sassy healer and yeah. really powerful in her own really special way. And I don't want to give it away. I but Jess, I told you to give look- it away you mean for <laughs> KOA? No, no, no. Well no. Uh, I told you to look at the covers for Inky Inky whatever. Those Yeah, the dust covers. Right. And we agreed that the person that is on the cover of KOA, Kingdom of Ash, is not Aelin. Right. So then it's Irene. It is. It is. It is Irene. Because... She's just... You already see, like... At the end of the, not even at the end, like throughout, you see her power, you see her impact, you see that she's like, yeah, you have all these healers, but she's also the specific healer that has Selba's direct powers, which she's, she's just, this goes back to just women. She is a force. And, and even I love that we know at the end, okay, so Kale and 
Irene are married. I thought that was sweet. Whatever. I'm a helpless romantic. And I asked you at the beginning, I go, when is he going to realize that she's been talking to Aelin as Selena? Like, that's the person who's encouraged all these things as he's making these little side comments of, oh, Aelin would love this. Oh, this, that, you know, she would, she'd be getting a kick out of this. And then he finally sees the handwriting and I go, finally, finally, maybe this guy isn't as dumb as we think he is. So. So he finally puts, and I was like, he's like, oh, you know, don't, don't put this, don't throw this away just yet. You know, I think someone's really going to want to see it. Just, it, it's just another thing of, oh, and then it, it also pissed me off with him because he's constantly, like, even in the beginning, he just like said she's a monster, said she's a this, said she's a that, even when he has like this bitter resentment when he's like facing his own demons. I got annoyed because he's the one who's being a piece of crap. He has his own internal demons and he's projecting them onto other people. And look at this. Look at Aelin. You're calling her a monster. You're saying she's a, she has consistently always had such a heart of gold. And even when they're like, oh, can you deny that Aelin wouldn't burn the city down or whatever you know what like at at no point did he he came to her defense to say she absolutely would but it's not out of malice in a way like it's for the people she cares about and there's a reason to why she has this fury i think we can all agree that you know mess with me whatever i'm not gonna pop off but you mess with the people that you love and you care about and the people who you hold so close to you I, I'll ta- I, I tear down the world, too. And it's important to note that Irene would not have gotten out of the the like hotel bar or whatever without right. Aelin. And now Irene is with Kale and they complete each other, whatever. But that is only because of Aelin. So Aelin gave, I mean, you know, there's a lot going on, but like, it's because of Aelin that Kale met Irene and that she is where she is. And he he acknowledges that. Right. And I do, I like, he like sees that chain of, like that domino effect, not chain of command. He sees the domino effect. He was like, if he's like, that puts her at this age and this is like, and I think he's also being reflective of all this time when I thought she was this piece of shit 16-year-old, all this time when I she's at end of year, she's just been completely selfless, selfless the whole time. And wait till he fucking meets up with everybody and realizes that Aelin isn't Aelin, but it's Lysandra as Aelin. Oh, man. Can't, can't even go there. Can't, can't even go there yet. Jesus Christ. <gasps> um, let's talk about the plot. Because the the plot points in Tower of Dawn directly impact, I mean, pretty much the the overarching plot in Throne of Glass. What we learn here makes you think back to all the other books and then makes you think about what could possibly happen in Kingdom of Ash. So let's talk about first the spiders. Karen Kui, they're different than the Strygian spiders because the Strygian spiders are of the north. And then the Karen Kui, Karen Kui, I think. Close enough. The the southern spiders. There you go. The southern spiders are, 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 oh man, that, that mind fucked me yesterday. I was up till four in the morning. I go, I wasn't supposed to be up till four in the morning reading this. Yep. Uh, specifically, Jess said that she would not waste her sleep on kale, but 
But I Lower, wasn't. I but wasn't. you didn't. Yeah, you didn't. <laughs> you uh, spent your sleep on discovering important plot points, which are, of course, that the southern continent spiders are vogue and they're vogue handmaidens to their queen, who is... Holy shit. Did, n- did anybody see that coming? I don't think so. I don't remember anybody being like, oh, I totally called that because like, what? <sighs> Which makes sense also why they all congregated in the Southern con- Continent because that's where one of the gates were. Yeah. We're so used to everything up until this point being in Aurelia that you don't think of the Southern Continent. And it's just like, how how is there this whole world and there's nothing on... Wendland, there's nothing in like all these other parts. It's everything's in Aurelia, but now we know. You know, visually, the Southern Continent reminded me of like I got Morocco vibes. I don't know yeah. why. No, I, I, I get but, Morocco, like India, kind of. Yes, yes, those kind of vibes. And where Sartak is out with the rucks, I get like Mongolia vibes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I totally see that because especially with like the altitude and the the climate, and I really like the rooks. Roots. Yeah, they're great. I really like them. They're they're great. They're great. You know, big birds. You know, it's just cool. Well, even that the describing the scene at the end where they're like they have this armada, and then you have her son, and then you have the rook, like the rooks, and you know that they're gonna go with the wyverns, and it's it's gonna be. At first, when I was wrapping up the book this morning, I was thinking, man, I'm gonna. Oh, I also thought Kale was gonna die in this book. Because everybody keeps saying, like, this is, that's what happens in battle. People are going to die. And I'm like, nobody's died yet, which now I know people are going to freaking be dying. And I'm getting these happily ever afters right now. And everybody's falling in love. And I'm like, this is just going to be ripped away from me. At first, I was like, oh, this is going to be like a battle of Hogwarts. And I go, no, this is going to be so much bigger than that. This is going to be, this is so much bigger. This is so much more intense. This isn't just a school not that it was just the battle it was at hogwarts but it wasn't for hogwarts like this is for their world oh it's gonna this is gonna be like a, a whole mordor thing but more intense the stakes are very very high and so mave we learned in this book is the queen of the volg and she came through a word gate because she didn't like like her husband i mean like Fair. dramatic yeah for real i don't know i'm not married that seems a bit dramatic and um she she styled herself as another queen of the fae she ripped into the minds of literally everyone and said you know hey i'm a queen too and these other queens are my sisters and everyone believed it and she she like set herself up and gave herself an empire and surrounded herself with healers it's just wild because then you think back and you're like, okay, well, you know, Brandon says that she isn't Volg, but that she is too, like, long-lived, even for the Fae. Like, he was questioning things yeah, already. Right? Yeah, but but he was really adamant. He's like, but she's not Volg. It's like, oh, the what the fuck is she then? But he didn't know. And then her power is like a darkness, and we know that from air fire but we also know that from empire of storms because like on the beach aelin is fighting with the fire and mave has like darkness you know all the clues were kind of there but i didn't put them together i was fucking shocked when i read 
that that whole scene in the cave. Like, well, and, and after that, like I kept reading, and she's talking, or I'm sorry, the 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 spider's talking, and this is when I had messaged you. I think where I go, wait, does this mean? The people she has the blood oaths, they think they have these blood oaths to the, to a fey queen, and now they're blood oaths to a Volg queen. And that just change. I feel like that's really dicey for KOA when I go into it. Ah, uh, I just, <laughs> I'm so excited, but I'm actually really sad that I'm going into the last book. That's why I really want to prolong it, but the only reason I'm not is because of the podcast. And also, it's long as hell, so <laughs> prolonging it doesn't do anyone any favors because we checked before we started recording. It's 33 hours and 11 minutes on Audible, but it's, you know, close to a 1,000 pages, so, like, she big. I'm just going to hold it. The whole, I'm going to hold the book while I'm listening to the book. <sighs> That's fair. That's fair. So since we're talking about celebrating women— and we've talked about Irene, and we've talked about Maeve. So let's talk about Nezrin. She's a badass. I've loved her since before this book, but I feel like this book is even better. I, I want to be all over the place with it. I remember when she was realizing that Kale had feelings for Irene, and she just realized, she's like, I, I'm better than this. She's getting hung up on him. Like, she's like, I'm not even second choice. I'm not even third choice. I keep being this rebound for this guy who keeps being hung up on all these, which is also like, I feel like that's part of Kale's toxic trait. Like, his toxic trait is always liking somebody while he's with somebody else. Somebody else. Just one of his toxic traits. <laughs> one of his toxic traits, yes. I I sent you the meme of Hades where he goes, why are you getting worked up over some guy? Like, you are Nezrin Felique. You're going to let this fucking Matt Donovan of a dude kind of take that away from you? No. And I love that she started falling for Sartok and it had nothing to do with him being a prince. Like he showed her kindness. He showed her attention. He just treated her as the person that she was. We later find out that he was like her skills and who she was as a warrior were the reason he fell in love with her before even meeting her. And, you know, I know we talked about this last episode, but I really do like that everybody's falling in love without sex. Like, I think it's just so sweet because it's that doesn't happen anymore. And you're forced to communicate and they're going through all these crazy experiences and traumas and they're doing it through to, with each other and together that it's stuff that only they would understand it, you know, and I think that's also really important. Um, I thought it was wild where he's like, well, if you don't, he tells his dad, he's like, if you don't accept her, that's fine. I don't need to be the heir. Yeah. He's like, I'll walk. Peace. Yeah. I love these guys simping over these strong females. But then the other part of me is like, humans are wild. We let our emotions control everything. <laughs> I can't believe we're just walking away from the kingdom. I mean, but Prince Harry did that with Meghan. He's like, peace, y'all. I don't need this shit. My wife doesn't need this shit. My son doesn't need this shit. Like, I saw my mom go through it. I'm not doing it again. You know, like, good on good on Prince Harry. Sartak, though, man, not only is he super hot, super yeah, hot. We... He loves Nezrin. What is her name? Uh, Neith's Arrow? 
Is that it? Neat's Arrow or something. Yeah, yeah. Neat's Arrow, which I don't know where that came from. It's probably one of the gods. There's 30, you know, oh, okay. one of the 36. Yeah. Uh, I, I love them. I, I love their, the like, kind of lifestyle that they have. And they have, like, rook leathers. Like, it reminded me of Valyrian leathers. So it was, yep. like, specific flying, which, I mean, makes sense for, you know, they're flying, they're in the air, like, it's cold up there. Oh, their rook army cavalry or whatever you want to call it. It it reminded me, I don't know, I had these different images and it reminded me of Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie. Like yeah. just on this like that whole image. I I loved it, especially when the sky turned gold and they're just all flying. I was like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> I love it. It it is really cool too how Nezrin she was like, yeah, you know, it'd be really cool to, like, be a Rook rider. Like, yeah, I'd really like to do that, but I don't have one. I also really like the sense of – she was like, you know, I'm I'm Rithold, like, born and raised. Like, that's where my, my family – I have family from here. They kind of es- escaped so they can kind of have a different life up on the northern continent in Aurelia. But I really like how – She'd tell people, like, you know, a synopsis of, like, a really quick backstory of, like, oh, but my family's from here. And everybody would say, welcome home. And she said it was the first time that she's, like, I actually – she wanted that. And she wanted – like, it was always the southern continent for her. That's what makes her feel like she's home. And I think we all have those moments where you're, like, wait, this is this is where I'm supposed to be. You can live in all these different places, but there's that one place where you're just, like <sighs> – like this, this feels right. And I love that that she, she planned on staying there regardless after this war that she knew that. Was, and then it just happens to be that Sartok was like, I like you. I'd like you to stay here too. And now she's going to be a fucking ruler. Like she, that wasn't that. And that was never her goal. Her, that was never what she aspired to, you know? And I thought that was really special where she goes like, what? Huh? Your your heir now, like, well, how is this? <laughs> I really like that because for also for Sartak, it was never about ruling. It was never about being the heir. You learn about that in their first flight, where he goes, you know what? I can't trust my siblings. Everybody's always out for blood. You know, true trust that you know you're good for them until you're not. And there's always something manipulative and calculating, which is why he has his relationship with his root. He's like, I trust her with my life. And that's the only relationship that I could trust. And why would I want everything else that comes with that? So it was never for him. It was never about being here anyway. He's like, I was born into it, but I, that's why I like my root friends. And more women. You've got the hearth mothers who are the rulers. You've got Kadara, his ruck is female. And then you've got Borte, who I, I really like her. I like her. She's I like, like her. spunky and sassy and she has a very, um, interesting relationship with her fiance. I, I, I like them. I'm still kind of confused. I mean, I know it's not like a huge plot point right now or ever. It's just part of the story. I don't understand. Like, were they just, one would win one competition, the other would win a competition. Every year they went back and forth till finally that they're like, they're betrothed. That was kind of what I got away from. <laughs> I would liken it more to a Jude Carden situation. Okay. That kind of vibe. But I, I love them. I, I, I love all of it. What I especially love is Nezrin's fuck you note that she leaves to Kale. She's like, yo, I'm going I don't hold you to any promises and don't you dare hold me to any promises. Like, 
basically, <laughs> basically, we're done with a capital D. I, I I really love that, and I love that it got kind of under Kale's skin, and he keeps saying over and over like I'm. I'm an asshole. Because he is. He, he is. is. I mean, like, good for you and growth and recognition and stuff. But he treated a lot of people really bad. And he was like, I go back to the Aelin because he was going down in his bitter resentment and saying, I go, but not once. Like, and he recognized that. He goes, she was never wrong in the situation. Like, yeah, we probably handled it. We both handled it with the emotions that we had, but she had never done wrong by me. She didn't do anything with Rowan. She didn't even realize that she loved Rowan the way that she did until basically, I feel like she's always loved him, but I feel like she finally admitted it to herself when he showed up in Rifthold. But Kale doesn't make that connection because he sees just like everybody else saw the connection that they both of them had, except the two people of the party involved. Yeah, Kale. Um, <laughs> I I really love the setting. Obviously, I like the Southern co- Continent. I like you know, the kingdoms and and everything. But something that I wasn't expecting to like, and I actually do, is even though it's really creepy, the womb. I like the womb. I would like to go to a spa and go to something similar to that. You know, like a big, open, dark with bells and bowls and stuff. Like, I think that would be really nice. I Don't they have spas like that? Not to that. I Because I imagine the womb being very tall and, like, huge. You know what I mean? And, like, totally dark with little tinkling bells everywhere and it's quiet and... I don't know. If if anybody knows of a spa that has something like that, hit us up because I'd like to go. But I, I really like that. And I like the whole thing with, like, the bells. And, she, you know, she goes to her bell and she rings it. And then she finds her ancestor's bell. Yeah, I was like, I, that's the part where I go, why does she have a bell with her name on it? I was so – maybe I just need to reread that part because I just felt like I was lost. Which, I mean, it brought her to her, like you said, her ancestor's bell, and they, she just kept ringing it and following the sound. I don't know. Because it was like, you know, you have to go to where you are scared to go to, and she oh. she had, like, darkness in her because... Oh. Yeah. Because she okay. was so... She had the grudge against, you know, helping Kale because of everything that he represented because he was loyal to the king and then she had to you know fight her own she had to fight her own grudge just like kale was fighting his own grudge all of that and i think even the line where she says the darkness belongs to you and you just kind of have to take ownership of it it just i don't know the timeline of her writing this but that whole scene was just very oroborosy for me like, I, I mean, for all I know, like, that inspired the Ouroboros scene. See, I didn't think that at all. I thought more of Feyre and Reese when they are sparring and Reese cloaks everything in darkness and, like, Cassian and Azriel take it, you know, and they start sparring and Reese tells her, like, don't be afraid of the darkness. There's different kinds of darkness. Oh. It, it can be frightening or it can be soothing or it can be peaceful. I thought of of that scene actually. So I mean, Sarah likes to talk about darkness. We get it; it's cool. She also likes the word obsidian. I noticed a lot of obsidian 
this book. And then I just reminded my, me of all the obsidian in Crescent City. I'm like, is that the only way we're describing eyes now? Like, if they're not green or blue, they're just obsidian. Yeah, you know, how many words are there for black? And I mean, as an author, I guess you're just, and the black eyes, and the black eye. Yeah, I, I mean, God knows. Coal. It's coal, you know, but coal can be like gray. Gray. Coal, yeah. coal black eye. Char- eh. Obsidian's cool. I like obsidian. I Oil slick. <laughs> yeah, that's creepy. <laughs> Uh, Let's talk about a woman that is mentioned kind of off screen, but who is definitely a presence, and that is Miss Lysandra. I love like I always love Lysandra. I I think she's so great. She's got family now. She has family, and you know what? Like she was all about creating her own family, and she's definitely done that with Evangeline, and then with. You know, with the court now, what are they called? Like, you know how in Akatar there's the inner court. What are these court members? Is there like an actual term for um, Aelin's court? Uh, it's just the court. So like the it's court. the in- it's the inner circle in Akatar, and here it's just it's like the court. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. So I like her found family within the court, and then like Evangeline and. All of that. And I think it's, it's real. She's going to, everyone's going to have a wake up call when they all come together. Well, shifters come through. I mean, Falcon really saved everybody's asses a few times. I, damn. Good, good yeah, on I, it's It's funny because in the readings, they keep saying, oh, you know, shifters are like, they're shifty, they're this, they're that, they're, you can't trust them. And they keep saying all these negative things about shifters. And I'm like, shifters are the only ones who are like, like you said, they come through every time. Whether and it's and it's great the way that they're doing it, too. No, for real. You know, it, it's a huge plot point. Like, obviously, we know that Lysandra is Aelin. So it makes you think like, well, what's Falcon going to do? Because he couldn't shift into a ruck. He could only do like a big wolf. And then he was a spider. So like. What's going to happen? And I don't know if it threw me off with him shifting into a spider or something. Because in my head, these southern spiders are like Aragog from Harry Potter. Like, they're just massive. That's how I have them in my head. So when he shifted into, like, a southern spider to talk to the spider queen or whatever, I was like, well, how? I thought he couldn't. If he couldn't do a rook, how is he doing a spider? So maybe they're, I, I don't know, the proportion of sizes. It's a good image. Um, let's talk about something that I thought was really interesting. Um, I was going through TikTok just trying to get into the mindset of this book because it's hard. I mean, it's it's Kale's book. It it is what it is. It's very important. We love the women, but like, yeah, yeah. It took me a full week to to read this. Yeah, same. And it's it's not that that I wasn't interested. Like, yes, I liked it. I was into it. You know, it's the last bit of it was really good it's just like uh but um one of the tiktoks and i'll send it to you later jess but it says that it's important to acknowledge that irene is the first person to say i love you back to kale nobody else has ever said like his dad doesn't say it uh aelin didn't say it it. that girl that he was screwing with before everybody didn't say it nezrin didn't say it dorian has never said it she's the first one 
And I also think it's really important just to acknowledge that Irene really digs him. Like she, she's all in with Kale. Like obviously their lives are tied. They're married, but also like magically. I like that she challenges him. It's funny because I feel like sometimes he's just like this old school just needs, you know, a, a, a woman's place is in the kitchen. But he's also like he can't. That would be too boring for him. Every person that he's ever been with. I mean, Aelin, Nezrin, the other girl before Aelin, and now Irene, like they're all strong, badass women. I'm trying to think like, yes, but he was such a dick. He was such a dick to Selena slash Aelin. Yeah, he was. But that I think, and that that could be a growth point because he, he really, he really started to dislike her. One, when he realized that she was like a queen and even more when he realized that she was so powerful with magic and he was so against that. Like, I just remember specifically him saying like, where are the checks against you people? Like, oh, what a dick. But then Irene is also very powerful in her own right, but then she uses that magic to like fix him. I'm not fix, heal him and and help him like battle his demons or whatever. I don't know. There's something there. I can't put my finger on it, but I guess this goes with the whole growth thing because all of a sudden magic is acceptable. He's accepting magic. You know, her heal I know we keep saying it's healing powers, but it's magic. It call it what it is. The Fae bred with humans to keep magic and call it now we just call it oh they're healers and he accepts it with irene but he wasn't accepting of it with aelin but he was kind of accepting it with dorian which is why we have our famous quote of you don't get to pick and choose which parts of her to love and maybe that just whole like that kind of just sticks with kale in falling for Irene too. Or you could also say that, you know, she has a power that directly benefits him instead of Aelin, who had no power that directly benefited him. In fact, her power fucked his whole life up, which he says when he's going through all of his issues, like Aelin and her magic just, you know, she made me throw away my birthright. She made me throw away my morals and values. And and she didn't make you do shit. Exactly. Oh, my God. (laughs) Exactly. But then with Irene, you know, her power directly benefits and heals him and gives him back what he wanted and also, you know, like made him work through his trauma. So I don't know. I I still think he's a piece of shit, I think, is what I'm saying. Like, I'm happy for him because he makes Irene happy and I stand Irene. I I I love her. Irene. I love her, and she's obviously very important for the rest of the series. Um, it became quite clear. We haven't talked about this yet, but we're ta- talking about big plot points. Uh, Irene is going to use her power to heal people that have been infected by the Volg because she realizes through everything that happened that it's it's like a parasite. It's an infection, and she can remove that so and potentially save all those people all those people so and and that is why they have 300 healers coming with them now right and because of the communication in the world like nobody knows the information that they know yet like it nezrin irene 
um, Sartak and Kale, you know, those are the, you know, Hassar, those are the main Forte. Um, they're all coming over there. They all know Maeve is a Vogue queen. The spiders are bad. That's the other part. But it also like flipping everything. They don't know like where Kale is talking to Irene because Irene was saying something about Aelin and and gods. And Kale says Aelin has always had a god or two looking over her. And they don't even know the shit that the gods just put her through. And I was just so, oh, they don't even know that. It would be really interesting to go through this again with a tandem read. To, I mean, it would take longer, obviously, in a future reread. But thinking of, well, this is happening over with Aelin and crew. This is happening on the Southern continent. So all this time, it's just a lot of the back and forth of neither party knows what's going on with the other party because of the way communication is. And for safety reasons, they also don't want to have that direct communication for anything to be infiltrated. And then it was just reminding me of the dinner where the Coggins, like they were having the Coggin dinner and Hassar makes the comment of Aelin burning down Elway. And we know that it's Maeve who was setting her up to give that perception to everybody else. They're like, oh, well, what's her what's her power of choice? Fire. So we're going to use that against her to make her people think that she's like pillaging these places until they side with her. And Kale is even thinking, like, is that like I I think it, it that is her, but like does she want to do that? And I feel like maybe it was Elway to make him think she want she she might do that, but she wouldn't do it to Elway because he was there when Nehemia, when she saw Nehemia, she was there. He was there. And that's why I got so mad in my voice memo to you the other day um, or last night where I go, how is he not defending Aelin? He knows this isn't her. Why is he doubting her? And I'm glad that he kicked himself. He goes, who am I kidding? Like, she wouldn't have done that. I trust her with my life. And I get so angry that he's being a little bitch about it. If we're talking about communication, it's really po- important to point out that even though the OG cast in Otterland and, you know, outside Terrace and Skulls Bay, all, all those people, they don't know what uh, Kale at all knows. But even when Kale and, and the army and everything get over there, Aelin still doesn't know. Like, she's still a prisoner of Maeve. So it's heartbreaking to think everyone's going to be together, but Aelin is still out there. And she thinks nobody's coming for her. Right. And that also means that Elide and Lorcan and Gavriel and Rowan also don't know about Maeve because it, you know, it, the moving pieces, like pieces are moving together, but also pieces are moving apart. So all of this really vital information is is not going to be conveyed in a timely manner. Oh. <laughs> and it, uh, you know, who's the, and who's the new who's the new fey guy who's who blood oathed her, and they were saying that he's so sadistic. It's like Karn or... Yeah, or Kane. I wanted to say Kane, but he's from the first book. Kern? Maybe it's Kern. Yeah, it's it's like C-A-I-R-N. Cairn? Cairn. I think it's Cairn. He's somebody who's like, yes, blood oath to the Vol Queen, even though he doesn't know 
that it's Vol Queen. Um, at the end of this book, there's the Fireheart epilogue. And Aelin's, obviously, she's in the Iron Mask. She's in the Iron Tomb. It's all wrapped up in iron chains. And, I, I mean, I guess I'll find out more. But Maeve goes, oh, good, you're up. What? What? <laughs> Why does she want her to be up? Like, she's just going to keep you. I don't know. I'm just really, I'm really sad for Aelin. She's just, just this vessel right now and i i'm so she's just uh, how i feel my heart hurts for her right now she's gonna be so sad and she came so far it's like end of year times a million all over again where she just has to keep telling herself i'm aelin ash river galathinius whitethorn and i am not afraid even though i'm terrified well and that brings a good point because we we do get a little bit of aelin in this book when Hassar is like, well, you know, everybody seems to be joining up with Aelin. I guess I'll throw my lot in, too, because of this letter she wrote me that I got two weeks ago, Princess to Princess, where she was basically like, bitch, come on. I love that part, but I'm also annoyed with her because you didn't want to tell anybody. You just wanted to keep. I mean, she's very much a puppeteer. She's very manipulative. She's she always wants a show. Everything needs to be centered around her. I can't wait. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter. We probably won't see a lot of it, but good. I'm glad the siblings are stepping up and there's just like this unwritten rule at this point that there isn't going to be any undermining or killing of other siblings. That brings us to the photo that you sent me, Jess, of your like mouth open when you realized who had killed the sister uh, in the yeah. start of and Duva. the pregnant one. She was the pregnant one. Like yeah. she did, she did all the shit. Uh, that that was very interesting, and it was someone that I. Did not expect, obviously. Who expects that? I I told you, and you said just, and because you know how I get, I start guessing, and then I go down at the rabbit hole of guessing, and then you just say, "Stop, you're doing it again." And I yeah, because it's wrong, because a lot of it's, 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 it's wrong. wrong. <laughs> I know, but I thought it was Yafiza. I got to a point where I was like, "I bet you it's Yafiza." Like she's just been. I I really did. I did was not expecting it to be Duva. Even when she came back from, when they came back from the desert and the room was trashed, and then I was like, maybe it's just trashed and the stuff isn't taken, and then the stuff was taken. I go, oh my gosh, it really was Yafiza. I was just throwing it out there, but now it really is. I was all over the place. Yeah, and I was thinking, and I didn't say anything when she told me this. I was thinking, like, what this old ass lady hauled her ass all the way. I don't know how (laughs) healers work. Can healers heal themselves? Maybe it's a gimmick. That's. you know, people do it all the time. When we go back to that to that big scene, like in in the like catacombs or whatever, in the library, whatever, you know, with Duva, and she's she reveals everything, and Kale gets re paralyzed. <laughs> he literally got his back blown out, and not a sexy way. <laughs> yeah, like damn. Oh, that, I, I was ugh. like. And it was like 10 times worse than it was before. But I really appreciate Irene. Her first thought is like, fuck all that work. I know. <laughs> she's like, oh, man, I got to start from scratch again. Yeah, she's like, oh, you know, she's like, oh, all this hard work, all this effort just down the fucking drain. And then she's like, oh, I hope he's OK. <laughs> Shit. I thought that was really funny and like kind of realistic because she's like, God, this whole time. 
But I think that's a testament to Irene's character, too. Like, the whole... Because they would say, you know, in the beginning of the book, you think that, oh, you're going to go to the Torrey to study? And she goes, ha, 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 yeah. And she goes, well, how else do you think I got to where I was? Fuck you, dude. Ugh. But that whole scene with all the healers, like, touching each other and, like, channeling and the magic, and then, you know, he's healed. And it's important to mention that when he's healed... All of him is healed, so the scar, scar on his cheek is also gone. And she made it a point to, she was like, the scar that was once there is like un, unmarked or unmarred or something. Right. That is an important just tidbit to keep in mind going into KOA. And um, it becomes very clear what that is. But oh. it's, it's really important that so he's like wiped clean you know pretty much like it, it's really yeah it's like representative of all his trauma it's it's gone oh. and i think also i mean obviously kale is better but he is fine with um you know tying his life for i mean he's not fine that irene tied her life force to him but he accepts it and he accepts that he will have to use the chair and the cane and, uh, you know, when she is drained or whatever, and he says, you know, I'm not less of a man in the chair. I'm the same person in the chair as I am standing. So it doesn't matter. But it took for his growth prior to all of this for him to come to that conclusion, because I feel like it was really important for like when he was finally healed and they both went through like their their own demons to like come out and, you know, to be like, look. Yes, there's these dark parks. You can't let it consume you, blah, blah, blah. And he and she had already said, like, I he had said, like, I loved you at this point. You saw me for the person that I was not of my injury, blah, blah, blah. And she had recognized that, too, that she, you know, cared for him for the person that he was and the personality and understood that he had struggles. And she was very empathetic, too, through his growth, because even when he was saying so those awful things to her in their fight prior to her standing and her like when you flip over to her point of view real quick and she's even saying like this isn't him talking this is this is the stress this is his hurt this is coming from a place of anger and you know I thought that was very mature of her and I mean I guess this comes from being like a healer and having those spiritual powers and having like the the spirituality connection that she does to understand that it wasn't directed at her I mean it doesn't change the fact that you hear those words and they might ping at you a bit but she goes i can't take them to heart you have to take them with a grain of salt right now because this is not the person that i know i think that was also pretty important and i and i do and i do like them together i i do like them together he might not be my favorite person i like her she's happy i mean she's enamored with him i think that's that's something so sweet and so lovely and that's just one thing that so far that i've seen in my experience with sarah's final pairings i'll say (laughs) that i do like the matches that she's had it makes sense i guess when you break it down i want to talk about dorian for a second ah I want to talk about Kale looking at all the naked dancers and all the drugs at that party and being like, yo, Dorian would fucking love this. And then something else happens or somebody else comes out and he goes, and Aelin too. Like they'd be all over this. This, Yeah. <gasps> Which I think 
And the way that he says that, I think the friendship, and I said this to you uh, the other day, the friendship between Dorian and Aelin is something that isn't really talked about, but I really enjoy their friendship. And mm-hmm. I think Kaol kind of made the connection too. And just, you know, with all these naked people doing drugs in front of him, he's like, yo, these people would dig this. Yeah. I liked Dorian and Aelin together as a couple when they were a couple. I did like that. I love that he brought her candy. And then when she was on her period, he's like, here's some more candy. Like, let me play cards with you. Which also now that we know, like Dorian playing cards with her instead, like that Sam never got to teach her. That's also so sweet. Um, I just, they're good wherever they are at life like they might butt heads because they are very similar people um but they're they're good to have in each other's lives because they they're understanding their powers together they're learning together they're taking over their kingdoms together which is like you find that that out um at the end of queen of shadows uh where he's like i we're supposed to be enemies and she goes why like new dawn new day like it's us like you and just like into the and you know at the end of Queen of Shadows and then into Empire Storms they're like rallying together and they're like you play good cop I play bad cop I I like I really like them I really I like their I do like their friendship and it's not maybe I haven't seen it yet but it isn't focused a lot or like you don't see it really mentioned in I haven't yet seen that friendship connection where people are making or like doing TikToks about them and stuff. Except that one you sent me where Aelin's like, like partying and then Dorian's partying and Kale's just, you know, standing in the corner. Like what the fuck? These are my friends. TikTok will open its doors to you when you finally finish Kingdom of Ash. I cannot wait to like, just be in everything and not have to go through sport, like fly past things. And that's like on Instagram. That's on TikTok. I mean, Oh, goodness. I hope my poor work. I cannot have it suffer because now I'll have more things to go down the rabbit hole. Then I'll finally be able to go on Tumblr and start like looking at things again. It's all it's all so good. So going back to Dorian, there's a point that I wanted to bring up that maybe isn't obvious. So Kale ends up with a healer and Dorian, his life fell apart after a healer was murdered right in front of him. So it's kind of like a like a full circle kind of situation because you have to think. You know, I've read Kingdom of Ash. I'm doing this for Jess's benefit. You have to. Wait, think, are you rereading it with me or no? Yeah, I no, I have to. I've only read it all the way through once, just like uh, Empire of Storms. So I, I have to do it. I'm actually going to start. Uh, I think tomorrow. So you have to think like everyone's going to meet up at some point, right? So right. like Dorian is going to have to see Kaol with this like healer that he's totally in love with. And like, what a, what a moment I can only, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. I was already thinking like he got married without his best friend there. That was, yeah. (laughs) But also like times, these are the times. These are the, and Dorian is also a sex God fucking a witch. Like they are different now. I'm so glad that everybody when i had like a reaction video on tiktok and somebody goes yeah that's that's daddy phantom hands i go i love that name they go no and then you even said no that that's his name okay yes please all about it we ha- i sent you i go here are my emojis when i'm talking about dorian moving forward uh, yeah. sexy sexy 
Yeah, it, it's very exciting. And I know, it's- I know he's he's your throne of glass book boyfriend. I yep. don't know if I have a throne of glass. I'm kind of worried because I love Rowan. It's obviously it would be Rowan through and through, but I also love Rowan for Aelin. Whereas with Reese, I was like, I yeah, I like Reese with Feyre, but I like Reese with me better. <laughs> I. What if it's Lorcan? Maybe it's not even. Maybe I don't have a book boyfriend. Maybe it's Lysandra and we're just going to be best friends forever. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. There's also, you, you you bring up a really good point. So people say, you know, like Rowan is is my book boyfriend in Throne of Glass or it's Dorian. But it's also like, you know, I wouldn't want to separate Rowan and Aelin and I wouldn't want to separate Dorian and Manon. So we're just going to be a thruple and that's what yes. it is. <laughs> It'll be like, um, you know how Reese is, Reese is like, I'll take whatever part of you I can get and, and the end scene basically. That's how I would be in, with Throne of Glass. I'll take, I'll take whatever part of you I could get. I saw this, you know, it's funny. I, I don't know. I saw this. So maybe it was part of the Instagram, somebody's Instagram live or story. Um, they were asking, do you think Adian asks Lysandra to shift into a guy from time to time? Absolutely, he does. He he's he said that he. Well, likes, I know he's like, men. open about yeah, it. So, yeah, I mean, of course. Like, why? Why? If you had that capability, why wouldn't you? If you're already into it, like, I love that he accepts Lysandra any any part of her, like no matter her form. Like he loves her, even though I know you're not like an Adian fan. Ah, well, you know, it is what it is. (laughs) You'll get there. Um, I'm not even there. We have one book left. Oh, God. So when we're talking about, you know, like book boyfriends and who you would and wouldn't separate, Throne of Glass is very difficult because you love all these couples that are together. And, you know, as I said, people are like, you know, I would just like to be part of that, that pairing. And then, as you said, going to... Akatar, it's like uh, I would happily push Feyre out for <laughs> for Reese. You know, I don't need a thruple situation no, there. I, no, but you could never do that with Aelin. I, I think you know, and it's just it, it just shows that the the characters are different. I always know, like you know how in some polyamorous relationships and i think you've talked about it a lot with shadow hunters um there is a fair uh, there is a equal opportunity across all boards with the dynamic within the relationship i would go into the Ro- rowan alen relationship fully aware that i am taking a back seat the entire time <laughs> and being fine with it I'd be fine with it. I would be like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna sit here. I'm just like, whatever. whatever. You can inc- include me whenever you feel ready. Whatever, whatever. But you I all love whatever. y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel that way with Rowan and Aelin, but I feel more that way with Dorian and Manon, just because they're my favorite. But like, ooh, hot. They are hot. You know, I wouldn't necessarily want to be in a thruple with them, but I'll definitely be part of a three way. Definitely. Oh yeah. That makes me think there's a line that says from, uh, I don't even remember which one, one of them, where Manon says that she sleeps naked. And then Kale also kind of throws it out in this book that he usually like sleeps naked too. I was just like, really? 
I didn't expect that from you. No, not from Kale. And I also, <laughs> I think this, I, I, sometimes these relationships are so funny, like just like the dynamics of everybody. Because he goes, oh yeah, I don't sleep with clothes on. And then something about like, Irene walks in on him and Nezrin and Nezrin and Kale were just like up talking all night and basically saying like, this is it. Like, we're going to go our separate ways, whatever, whatever. But Irene walks in and she doesn't know this. And here he's like, oh, yeah, like I just sleep naked with my friend next to me. What? I again, I I have guy friends. Not one would I be like, oh, yeah, totally don't sleep with your clothes on next to me. That's fine. Yeah, it's just, it's weird. It's a little weird. It's a little, uh, it's a little bit of an exhibitionist from Kale that we weren't expecting because he's so fucking bland. Well, even with him being flirty, even with like some of his flirty flirt, and you know, it's very, he's very vanilla. We know this. Like there is not, you cannot tell me otherwise, which is, you know, fine, you know, good for you. Teach their own. Um, but he's very vanilla and, like, even when he goes, oh, I'll race you when they're on the horses in the desert to Irene. And she's like, what's the prize? He's like, if I win, I get to pick. He's like a kiss when, wherever and what, like, whenever and wherever. And she goes, what do you mean wherever? Like, oh, honey. Oh, like, yeah, sweet thing. <laughs> sweet, sweet thing. And, well, and she also says, like, she's only had sex one other time before. Yeah. So, like, and she's like, it was nothing. And she said, she was like, which also... Who's first time? Yeah, is like, anything to write home about? Again. I mean, I remember my first time. I was, it was when we were at Stetson and I go, you know, I, I don't get the big deal. And my other friend, Laura, she goes, you will. Takes a little bit of time. Takes a little bit of time. I, I, I feel <laughs> bad for Irene in a way because like, ugh, but she really loves Kale. And, you know, I have to think that he blew her back out in the, in the tent. Right? Like, no, but she, she says that. I mean, she doesn't say those words exactly. But, <laughs> but she says, like, it was throughout the night and, oh, and then he was, like, consistently focusing on her pleasure first before he ever had any, like, he ever, which, good on Kale. Like, that I really wasn't expecting, you know, just cause it's Kale. <laughs> but good, good on him that he made sure that he was she was she was good before he and then they would go at it again also like good on irene's magic powers that his lower back was lasting as long as it did and you know they had pool sex or like tub sex or whatever yeah i'm not quite sure i think it was in my head it's just a you know how you have those those giant tubs that you can walk in like Like a sunken tub yeah yeah like it's a personal one in his like ensuite kind of thing and we know they were fucking in there. Yeah. So, I mean. And, and everywhere. Because even the caretaker comes in and she's like, yeah. I, like, and Irene was too into it. She's like, I don't even have time to be embarrassed. Yeah. She's like, oh, I'm all for it. But like, you know, fine. Fine. You know, just whatever. Fine. <laughs> and they're married and they're both happy and they're going to go win this war. You know, they, they bring in. They did everything. I know they're going to win the war. You don't write a book series and don't win the war. But just don't <laughs> holy know. hell, I don't know how it's going to play out. Yeah. Ooh, damn. You have toxic in your notes. Wherever I'm at in the book, 
I'm always screaming at Kale at the end of the day, like this face of shit. And then like at the end, I'm like, okay, well, you kind of redeemed yourself. So I don't know if I spoke too soon, but that doesn't negate his actions in the past. But what did I say? I said, oh, when it was when Kale and Irene were fighting when he was right before he like stood up, he goes, I know someone who went through the same thing as you. And you know what she did? She hunted them down. And what have you ever done? And I was so fucking pissed. Like, how dare you? You want to point fingers at people and you want to judge people? You? What have you actually fucking done? Like, I was so pissed. I mean, granted, you could say, like, yeah, he took the brute power from the, you know, to give Aelin some time to get away, which is also a reoccurring theme in all of these Sarah books. Everybody's always like, I'm just going to buy you a couple seconds of time. And that just keeps happening. But he, I go, he just says the meanest things. And it's to the people he cares about that he likes. He's just so volatile. And I understand that as somebody who can have a razor sharp tongue. And I've definitely curbed that because I would, I've said like, I'll know your weakness and I'll, and I'll gut you for it. Like verbally. And I'll say some really cool things. And I've said like, you know, I am, I'm very in that retrospect, like in that regard, I'm very much my father's daughter and I don't like the person my father is. So I really wanted to change that. And I've been mindful about that, but it just, I feel like Kale's the the toxic boyfriend where he does those toxic things and then he has these other really good redeeming qualities and all of a sudden you you forget all the toxic shit. And that's what bothers me or what bothers me is that people want to point fingers at Reese saying he's toxic, but nobody wants to point fingers at like the quote unquote nice guy. That's what, and that's where I feel like a lot of people see Kale because he's just like a regular human. So he, he's the nice guy. He's the, he's just, and no, that that's not the case. Well, he's so judgy. You know, as a, as a nice guy, he, he's so judgy and he's judgy of everybody that's like more powerful than him. And let's point out the things that he's throwing at Irene, like I knew this other person, are the things that he judged Aelin for. You know, those were like, negatives when he's thinking about Aelin and then he's taking those and throwing them at Irene like what is wrong with you it's just it's just it's just shitty he, I I don't know people people really like Kale for some reason I I just don't I understand that a lot of people like him up until this book is this the book that seals the deal for a lot of people I don't know I don't know because like uh, no, because people don't like him. He's just so, he's just so boring and bland compared to everybody else. Well, maybe that's why people like him because realistically it's attainable. I don't know. You could say that's the same reason why people defend and like Feyre so much. Well, yeah, no. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I know a lot of people relate to Feyre. They're like, you know what? She, maybe she's not Brace. Maybe she's not Aelin, but she's very much a person that you can relate with because you share similar traumas or similar experiences or she's just, she's just a regular person off the street too. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, to be really honest, I don't think about Kale very much at all. There's so many other more interesting, more dynamic characters and relationships that I just don't give a single fuck about him. And this is like, I know what happens. I've read Kingdom of Ash. Like, I, I know where it's going. I still just don't give a single fuck about him. As I said, I like Irene. 
that's about as much of a fuck as I give. I think I put up with Kale because I know that he's important to Dorian. And I love Dorian, you know, would would do anything for Dorian. I just can't unsee every time that Kale has this flashback of like, oh, Dorian or oh, like any any time he the word Dorian comes out of his mouth or he's thinking about it. I just keep thinking of Brokeback Mountain and they just go, I can't quit you. Like he's just I know he's married now. That doesn't stop anybody from like having thoughts of other people. Um I just I know. And Dorian's just like you said, a sex god. So he's even if slash probably him and Kale did hook up, like Dorian's past it. It was like, okay, cool. On to the next. And like Kale is still hung up on it. <laughs> it was it's because Dorian's that good. Yeah, I mean, let's very clear. <laughs> and this was before Dorian had his phantom hands. I mean, can you imagine? He just like leveled up with the phantom hands. That's really all he did. He's like, oh, this is going to come in handy. <laughs> no pun it's, that, uh, it's that TikTok sound or TikTok that... Um, Which one? The one that says, you know, this man, this man got 10 times hotter when his life fell apart. That that is accurate as hell. Oh man, we love. I'm not supposed to lie. See, this is stuff. I shouldn't be regressing. You that should be like you like toxic, damaged people. Toxic and damaged are different. Okay, let's let. Okay, I remember let's be clear. we had that conversation. Yeah. Yes, we've had this conversation. I should. I, you know what? Okay, I'll take that back. We definitely want a damaged guy. We don't want a toxic guy, but we want a damaged guy. Yeah, they're more interesting. <laughs> They're more interesting and canonically hotter. That's just how it is. You know, I don't make the rules. I don't write the books. Can I, like, you already know how I get, like, flustered with Dorian Manon scenes. Like, with Aelin and Rowan, I'm just like, hmm, like, hard eyes the whole time. I'm just like, I'm so happy for them. I love them. Like, this is such a special moment. I I cannot wait till their reunion. And they're just going to be like, oh, like mushed and loved together and like mind body soul but dorian manon is just hot like all over it please tell me there's more of that in kingdom of ash if there's like is there at least like one scene it doesn't yes. have to be like a whole okay i don't need the whole obviously i don't need the whole book to be steamy but i want another dorian manon scene there, yeah, there's there's a throwaway line between them that I just think is hysterical. And um, <laughs> uh, I'll point it out just to make sure that you also find it hysterical. But you're just <laughs> I'll like, probably say it to you at some point. You're going to be like, that's the line. Yeah, you're just like, oh, okay. And then oh. that's it. Yeah, you're just like, <laughs> good. Good on you. Good on you. Yeah. <laughs> So we finished Tower of Dawn. We have the very painful Fireheart epilogue. Um, Going forward in Kingdom of Ash, what are your expectations? (sighs) Tears. I mean, utter and complete devastation and heartbreak, of course. I know before I asked you, I go, you know, it's not that I'm prolonging putting off Kingdom of Ash. I'm prolonging the heart ache that I will inevitably go through. Um, I, I even told you I have to, I, like, I went to schedule my lash appointment around when I'm going to be finishing this book. I was like, well, I can't cry for 48 hours. So where does that put me? But I mean, like I said, you said before we started this episode, 
I'm going to cry three times. You know for a fact I'll cry three times. And then I said, okay, well, if that's at least three, you said I was only going to cry once during Crescent City. And I cried throughout the whole fucking thing. So, I mean, I'll expect tears. I expect, you know, I expect them to win. I expect everybody, obviously, they're going to share all their information. I know they're going to win. It's just like how everything is going to play out, which I don't know. You know, I know they're going to defeat Maeve. I know they're going to defeat Erewhon. I know there's going to be a lot of deaths. I don't know who's going to die. I don't even want to think about it. Okay, like I could think about Kale dying, but then Irene dies. Oh, I don't know. There's maybe Harsan could die. She could die. So you're expecting death. You're expecting a heartbreak. You're expecting you're expecting the tears. She, you know, she's she's a big book. There's a lot there. Uh, we know, you know, we know all of the plot up until now. We know who's who, and you know. All, all the moving pieces. We just don't know how it's going to shake out. It's very exciting. I'm excited for you to finish this series and then sit back and kind of digest it because where you start in Throne of Glass and where you end in Kingdom of Ash are just different. It's so different. And you know what really pisses me off? Uh, my TikTok al- algorithm is really skewed and there are so many people that read Throne of Glass and Crown of Midnight and then stop. But that's like it doesn't that it doesn't pick up till after Crown of Midnight. And I and I feel like yes, I understood that they were slow. I pitched the whole trilogy like to my friend and he said he's gonna pick it up. Like I, I actually texted him last night and I go, please don't hate me. And he goes, Why? And I said, When you're done with when you're caught up with Akatar and you're finished Crescent City. I have another series for you to start, especially knowing how much he loved Akawar. And he goes, how dare you make recommendations based on something I like? How dare you? I was like, oh, well, this is an easy sell. I already like, and I already told, started telling him about Throne of Glass. I was like, oh, well, there's this assassin and she's picked by the king and it's like this whole thing. So, I know he's going to struggle with Throne of Glass and Crown of Midnight because he struggled with Akatar and Akamath. But Crown of Midnight is where I started crying. The first book I started crying, not because it was sad. I think I was just, at that time, it was like Kale was being selfless, sending him to what I thought was her family with Maeve. And it was just so much bigger picture where that's where I started connecting everything i go oh my god like this is this is gonna be huge this is that was the kickoff for me so i don't understand how people can finish crowd of midnight and not make that connection especially once we find out the reveal of selena yeah I, like I, how do you uh, not how do you not say oh i need to keep finding out what's going on and then immediately just go into the next book that and that that's part of it too like I don't know. The reveal at the end is really good. And then I can understand at that point not going back to Assassin's Blade because you really want to get into, you know, like Air of Fire and everything that's happening. Like, I I get that. But I just don't understand how people put down Crown of Midnight and say, this sucks. I I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. But, you know. No, I I feel like Crown of Midnight was exactly what I go. I... 
I like I said, I, I was like this, how are you not hooked? Then you go into Assassin's Blade, which I still like that order because you can have an appreciation of the series as a whole all together. I think there's, there's just a lot right there, especially if you go, you go into Assassin's Blade and then to try to reread books one and two, knowing the whole time, Selena's Aelin. I'm excited, you know, like, years down the road <laughs> when you like sit and like reread every all of this it's it's really it's really really powerful and especially and I know we've said it before like the books just get better I think that's pretty clear you know Tower of Dawn you could go either way but the plot points that are revealed are fantastic and of course Empire of Storms we know is wonderful painful but wonderful I I still even find it happening now because I'll be doing something or I'm reading something in this book and then I make a connection to Air of Fire or then I'm reading this book and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm making a connection from like three, four books ago. Everything, it just kind of, you go, wait a second, like a light bulb comes on again and again and it, it's, it's so good. It's such a good series and to, to be a writer, like, and to have, you know, it's one thing to be a writer and people tell great stories. And this is a whole different level. This is just to have all these concepts and to create this, this realm of fantasy is, is amazing. And I'm just thinking that you, you had to call me out. <laughs> no, like you, oh. <laughs> this journey into fantasy is new for you. But you, I mean, I can see your face. You're, you're like in awe over, you know, yeah. the, these things that are being built. It's just really wonderful to see because, you know, as we mentioned, I think in our first episode, like people really shit on YA and they really shit on YA fantasy, but there's so much to it. And, you know, the themes and, and everything is just, you, you can take a surface level, you know, understanding of all of it, and then you can go deeper and there's, so many layers to it and it's just really wonderful and it's something that I just don't see in other books I mean I'm sure it's there but I don't know I mean you know where I came from with all of my contemporary fiction and romance and all that stuff and it doesn't hit like I don't walk away thinking of lessons learned I just you know let me power through two books a day now, you know, for an easy rom-com. It doesn't stay with me. You're not thinking. You're not peeling back the layers. I think it's to what we've talked about maybe in our first episode. When it comes to saying what kind of books that you're into and, in, in, in you know, what, what's your book genre? You have coworkers to say, like, what do you read? And we feel embarrassed to say YA, but there's such a depth to them that you, I haven't seen in anything else. Maybe like what's also really popular right now is my godmother's really into, and I feel like a lot of people are, are like serial killers and serial killer podcasts and all that stuff. And that's really, I don't want to say trendy because I really liked Dexter, but that's just kind of, that's appropriate. But reading books that have, that create this dialogue that we're having and peeling back the layers and encouraging feminism and 
totally saying like take ownership of your career take ownership of your choices and that's that was something that was really big in this book too that i think irene pointed out with kale is you can tell for somebody who was a commander who was captain of the guard who was used to giving directives and she could say like this is uncharted territory for him because he was constantly taking a step back and saying oh he's giving me a choice here he's giving me a choice of what to say here how to handle the Coggin family and that was uncharted territories for him. Like you don't, I, I don't know, maybe compared to the other books that I've read, I don't see choice as being in that in an inevitability. That's a fair point, but I, you'll yeah. get judged for reading these books with depth because they're considered quote unquote YA as opposed to a, a throwaway read, throwaway adult read. Yeah, I yeah, I throw away like adult read. Yeah. And even, you know, the like new adult books in the fantasy genre, they're they're still really good. Um uh, I think I've mentioned Addie LaRue is fantastic. And that's next up. Yeah, oh, it's really good. That one will really stay with you for a really long time. It, it's it's just wonderful. So, God bless fantasy because I I get more out of it than I do um, you know, other books I really used to love historical fiction i still do to a certain extent but um it doesn't hit as hard it doesn't hit as hard like you know like i still read the other books i feel like now i read my other books as just to say i got a book done like just to help with like my goodreads numbers like my own competition with myself i'm not as engaged as i used to be with them well because you have to put so much fucking time and effort into you know connecting all of the dots in, in a series like this I, and i'm still connecting them because i know i randomly text you during the week and be like wait this just came and it has nothing to do with it. it's just like these little it's con and it's consuming not in a bad way i just i really appreciate the conversations that are being had especially with the awareness that's brought into this genre between, you know, different social media platforms. I mean, Tumblr's always been around and then you have, you know, Bookstagram and Book Talk, especially Book Talk within, you know, this quarantine time where people are like, well, how else are we going to use our time? Like, we might as well just, I guess, we'll, we'll read and we'll binge TV. We'll just consume media or, you know, you take breaks from other things. And I think it's, to see other people's perspectives. I know sometimes I, like you will share your TikToks with me. I'll bombard you with memes that I'm finding that some of like, some of the accounts that we're following on our Akafade podcast Instagram, like, oh, I didn't think of this. Or here's a nice reminder. Or like, you just like start spiraling in different, in different ways. I think that's kind of fun too. All consuming, uh, not casual. All consuming. We can't like anything casually, and that's fine. There's I, oh yeah, I um I just say like this is why am I this way? This is why I am. Click bye. And, you know that's fine. As Marge Simpson says, it's good for the economy, and we're fine with that. I just I I don't want to. I'm not going to put a number out there, but I will say <laughs> I've spent more money on books. My book, uh, my book habit than I have on Gaga tickets in the last year and a half. And that is saying something. Wow. That, that. is saying something. <laughs> and like, this is like to the person who does the early entry barricade tickets, 
yeah, I think like I was like, how much did I spend on the tickets? And I go, okay. And I go, how much have I spent on books? And, and because it's not like I go, oh, I bought a book because I've, I've hustled hard. I mean, that the library has been my best friend, but with Sarah and having, oh, and I got the audio and I got the, the, the ebook and I got the hard copy. And then I got the, the paperback copy because those are different covers with the and sprayed I, edges. We need this, oh, and then I need, I still need the sprayed edges. And then I just got the Waterstones copy of Crescent City, the paper version, just in case I can't get the sprayed edges hard copy German version. I just, I, I, don't have a number, but I knew it was over what I spent in concert tickets uh, within the last year. Like, it, like I was just like, I wasn't doing it in overall of like comprehensive amount of what I've spent on Gaga, but the last year has definitely books reigned supreme or bookish items. Even like all our merch that we've been, shout out to Blissfully Bookish because I'm upset. I cannot wait till you have this, the jogger, the sweatpants. They are so comfortable. I, I'm going to order another pair. I'm going to do like the create your own pair to have another. I'm like, oh, this is what, these are my work clothes now. I'm very excited to get them. My poor mother in Phoenix is just getting all of these packages. She's like, what is this? I, I want to see a picture of your room when you walk in in February just to see what it looks like. I just want to see where all the boxes are. Boy, she she says that they're she's put them in, in the closet, but there's already like so much shit in that closet just from stuff that I didn't bring with me over here. Uh, so I, I don't know what it's going to look like, but it is what it is. We're here for it. Uh, we love bookish merch. Awesome. Uh, so I think, I think that's all I have to say about Tower of Dawn. How about you? Same. I mean, for now, I feel like the next, um, like our final recap, I guess, with Kingdom of Ash, I'll start like making some more connect the dot stuff for next week's episode we're not going right into kingdom of ash because i'm definitely giving myself some time to read i know it's going to take a lot we have work but we are going to be going into a cruel prince the wicked king episode which will be super fun and different this is a reread for both of us which we we love cardin and jude there's so the whole you know now that the world building is done, you know, the characters, I get to appreciate it more the second time around. And you, I mean, like with any reread, you pick up on things. And then there are other things where you're just like, girl, how, how did you not know? God, I hate Taryn so much. Well, nobody <laughs> likes it. Like, no, like that doesn't change. <laughs> She's like, that's a, its own conversation because that's like when I defend Dean and then Sam just kind of keeps living his life. And I think, Sam, you do not deserve Dean as a brother. Like, I, that's how I feel with Jude and Taryn. Like, Taryn, step the fuck back. Like, you do not deserve Jude as a sister. Like, you are a shitty sister. Sit the fuck down. Like, I'm totally fine with Vivi and Jude just living their lives. And that, that's a good segue for our next week episode. <laughs> so make sure to join us as we shit on Taryn. <laughs> and um, I would say kind of praise, praise Elfheim. Um, I know I have a lot to say about the details and how much I really like the narrator and how she helps me really get into the vibe of Elfheim. So join us for that next week. It'll be really interesting. 
And please feel free to follow us on Instagram at ACAFE Podcast, A-C-O-F-A-E Podcast, um, just to kind of see what we have going on and snippets of future episodes and what we have going on and fan art and whatever we decide to post that week. <laughs> Thanks for listening and we will see you next time. See ya. Thanks. Bye.